0: guys, Britt here. I just need to say a few things before this podcast starts. The first being that there are some audio issues going on. My computer died and came back to life about 500 times during this recording. Thankfully, it's only about a 30 minute long episode, so you don't have to endure it too much. Second, when we recorded this episode we didn't have a place picked out for the meet and greet afterwards, but we do now. It is at the Rainforest Pizza Restaurant at 1451 North Gardner Street in Los Angeles at 11 to 1130. I think that's when people are going to start showing up and I believe it is for 40 to 50 people. So you might want to get there early, just saying. So that being said, please enjoy this episode.
1: We're Not Dead, a podcast about a story of survival.
0: Welcome to episode 12 of We're Not Dead, the official community podcast for for <laughs> We're Alive. I'm excited. I'm not even going to lie. Greg Miller. Yeah! I am so excited for this weekend. I can't even talk straight right now. Oh,
1: it's we're right there, Brittany. Meltdown Comics, April 16th, 8 p.m. Oh. We're Alive in the Flesh.
0: Oh, my God. Me absolutely amazing. I need to introduce our guest, Nick Voodoo. Yo, how are you doing? I feel like I'm talking to a mini celebrity right now.
2: That's really kind of freaky, just so you know. Uh, that I'm really <laughs> alarmed by the, that fact. And I also want to say to everyone that's listening, uh, right now that's from the forum, how disappointed are you that I sound like I sound?
1: <laughs> I expected something, yeah,
0: like a Michael Swan voice. I didn't know what
1: I was expecting, Nick Voodoo, something
2: a little more, something like this, or I don't know. Because I would talk about how I'm in the theater
1: now. I was thinking, I was thinking Cajun. Voodoo, you got the voodoo, you got the
2: New Orleans. No, no, sadly not. I'm from western New York. If you plug my nose, sound stops coming out because everything is through the (laughs) nasal passage. It's the East East Coast bias. It's okay.
0: So, why don't you tell us a little about your We're Alive experience. Don't talk too much about Chapter 1 or anything like that because we're going to get into that. But tell us, you know... What your role is on the forums.
2: I found We're live randomly at, like, 3 in the morning one night while I was just, like, laying in bed. And I was like, I have run out of podcasts to listen to because yeah. I'm a podcast whore and I listen to nothing but podcasts for the most part and talk radio. So it was one of those things where I was like, I've run out of things to listen to. And it was around Halloween and iTunes was featuring... We're Alive, and I was like, I'm just going to stream this and see what it's like, and then I listened to the first episode, I was like, that's kind of cool, I'm not really bought, I'm not sold on it yet, you know, some of the things here and there I don't really like, and then I kept listening and listening, and by the time I was at Chapter 5, I was like, okay, I guess I obviously really like it, because I've been listening to this for like three days straight, streaming over my iPod, so maybe I should just download the series, and maybe I should just probably catch up with it, and just admit that I'm a fan
0: and you are infamous on the forums for your Voodoo Lounge yes. segment that you do, so how'd that come to be?
2: That came to be because I remember when the new forum launched in like late January, Thank God. Ra- I don't even know what the old forum was like, because I wasn't even really, like, I didn't and even... you don't want
1: to know. You don't want
2: to know. I am glad I missed it then. Um, I just knew that it was like... I was listening to all this stuff about, like, because it was right when they were getting into the colony and uh, all this other stuff, and everyone was like, oh, the colony's bad, and they're experimenting on zombies. I was like, no, the colony's probably not really that bad. It's probably just, like, a group of people, and there's probably, like, bad seeds here and there. And so I was having arguments with people on the forum left and right about all these other things, and then it turned out, like, a couple of the things I thought of were true, and I was like, oh, you know what? I've been analyzing scripts and working in theater and... And, like, deconstructing all of this sort of, sort of stuff as a profession for That's the last... That's
0: secret. Ten
2: years, and yes, that is my secret, is that...
0: Cheating bastard.
2: Uh, you know... That, and I have uh, voodoo dolls of Casey that I just sort of like prod in the head with uh, needles and be like, tell me the answer to this question. Ah. Oh. That's not ah, I true. Knew I mean. wish it was true. Oh. That would be awesome. No, um, but it's, it's years and years of theatrical training and script analysis, and being an actor at one point, now working in technical theater and all that other sort of stuff that makes it so it's like oh i have an idea of where the story is probably going to progress to and here's how i think it's going to happen it doesn't necessarily have to happen that way in case he's proven me wrong a few times especially with <laughs> chapter 19 he destroyed me um on a couple <laughs> things because i was convinced that they were gonna be st- that michael Peggs and kelly were stuck at the colony for the rest of the season they were going to come back and the tower was going to be empty and oh my god what happened and then they left like two chapter parts later I was like son of a bitch (laughs) (laughs) I was like yeah I was like hey I'm done with this place and Marcus dude's dead in theory (laughs) he's got out of there easily I'm I'm, I'm done here gatekeeper or supreme leader now go ahead
0: and they left with a nurse and they left with a nurse and a
2: blind girl and uh really Mm -hmm. kick-ass uh victor victor Victor. yeah and you're
0: pretty spot on I your last predictions you just kind of like review them Right and didn't you go like seven for two? Or I did
2: like? seven for two. Although you could argue that I did six for two to one, where oh, okay. I could have drawn okay. on the draw. mis- on the water mission, but I got mm-hmm. the I, I got the prediction right. I got the percentage. I got the <laughs> situation wrong, but I got the prediction percentage right, mm-hmm. and that's more important to me than the actual situation because as long as I get the prediction right, it doesn't matter how it came about to me.
0: Okay. So that's okay. how
2: I that's how I go about grading myself. The two
0: that you got wrong were. Um... The whole like hooking up thing right? uh-huh. about, about you thought there was be some knocking boots. And I maybe was, there was convinced but there was sex, but not well, there really wasn't sex, there was forced foreplay. We'll call
2: there it. was forced foreplay, but I don't think that that was what they were
0: uh no. talking
2: about. I think if you're if I think it's gonna have to be to make the double entendre chapter title work for what Casey normally does, it's gonna have to be Lizzie and Saul.
0: But there's no proof of
2: it yet. It's just a. There is a proof
0: brewing in her tummy. When
1: you laughed that off last week, Britt, you were like, "Oh, oh, oh, pregnancy, Greg. You're a character. And now Nick says you're like, oh yeah, there's proof in her tummy. You're right. Right
2: on. There could very well be proof in her tummy, but Ooh, we don't know. I, it
0: yet. It's a theory. I didn't say it's not true. I'm what I had a problem with is you're like, oh, they had sex last night. She has morning sickness. The day I after. didn't say
1: last night. You were the one putting that constraint
2: on it.
0: Well, well Nick, it's a pleasure to have you on and it's about damn time you're on.
2: I know, I'm so thrilled. Thank you for having me.
0: So this episode, it's a special episode because the live event is this Saturday. Ooh.
2: Meltdown Comics
1: in L.A. April 16th, 8 o'clock. Or on
2: Justin TV for those of you who can't make it out to L.A. because you lived on the West Coast or in another country.
1: But if you make it to L.A. or if you're in the area, come. Don't watch on TV or the
2: Justin TVs.
0: Don't be a lame-ass.
2: Because then you're just a fat, lazy American. There you go.
0: We are going to revisit Chapter 1, and we're just going to talk about the live event. We're going to pimp it out and make you jelly that you're not going to be there to the point where you will show up. (sighs) I think that's like our ultimate goal. Pretty much. Sorry, Nick. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Nick.
1: Sergio's flying out from... uh, East Coast, yeah. Why, what's your excuse, Nick?
2: Uh, I'm a broke theater artist at the end.
1: Okay, good one. That was
2: good. That yep. was a good excuse. That,
0: that works. I'm That's on it. That works. Okay, so like Nick said, the show will be broadcasted live via Justin TV, in case you can't show up. So the broadcast will start at 730 Pacific, which is 1030 Eastern which is 11.30 a.m. in Tokyo, 12.30 p.m. in Sydney, 4.30 in Paris, and 3.30 a.m. in London. I think I pretty much covered all the basics. Wow, that was impressive. We're not leaving anyone out. So after the live reading of Chapter 1, it's going to open up into a QA and a panel, which I believe all the actors will be participating in that. And there's ways for you, the kids at home, to ask questions and hopefully get them answered. You can use the hashtag WALive on Twitter. The night of the event, you can tweet We're Alive. Their twit name is We're Alive. You can submit your questions via the chat box on the forum. So zombiepodcast.com forum. You do need to be a registered member of the forum to use it. And there's a thread right now for, it's called questions for Casey or ask him himself or something like that. It's under news and new members, top news, and then that's where you'll find the thread. And it seems like right now he's answering questions as they're coming in. But if you want to leave a question there, I'm pretty sure you can do that too. So the people that will be there, Casey, Shane, and then Grayson, their intern. Um, Michael Swan will be there.
2: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah,
0: I know. Michael, the actors of Michael, Saul, Riley, Pegs, Datu, Kelly, Tommy, Bert, Lizzie, Scratch, Skittles, Kalani, Victor, Gatekeeper, Tanya, Marcus, and Tardis.
2: Come on, oh, people. Cool. Whew. You got to go to this show. You got to watch it. I was almost at the point, I was like, oh, chapter one, there's only like five people in it. You know, you got your, the three mm-hmm. basic soldiers. You only got uh, Riley and Peggs and Datu. And, man, that's going to be kind of silly. There's going to be, oh, I'm. I'm. <laughs> oh, that's awesome to know that everyone else is going to be there, too.
0: Yes, they will be in attendance, and those were the ones confirmed so far. So there could be others. Yeah.
2: Amazing.
0: Yeah. And so, you know, Greg and I will be running around. I'll be recording pretty much everything that moves. That's one of my duties is to, like, document the whole thing. Uh, The event is BYOB, so please bring a flask if you'll be in attendance, or drink while you're watching it on Justin TV. And there'll be, like, cool merchandise to purchase, you know, meet and greet, chit-chat, drinkies, and then we're all going to go to the bars. We're trying to find a place that accepts every... You don't have to be 21 or over, but the people aren't taking reservations. Bastards. So, yeah, it might be a, a lovely adventure to find a bar that we can all get drunk at. But we'll make it work. As long
2: as you're over the age of 21.
0: Yeah, we would never...
2: We would never promote underage drinking. No, never. That's no. not what we do. No. Nope. Nope, nope, nope.
0: What was that, Greg? That was a little... Hmm. I might...
1: I might. Jury's out on that one.
0: If you ruin this podcast, (laughs) you get thrown in jail. (laughs)
1: What are they going to do? We're We are a podcast of good
0: morals, and you're jeopardizing all that.
1: I'll stop jeopardizing. We can get back to talking about zombies and possible rapes.
0: Thank you. Okay, so Nick, you said when you first started listening to We're Alive that you had some issues with it. What issues?
2: Um... Specifically in the beginning, and uh, I hate saying it, but some of the performances were driving me batshit crazy.
1: Totally, uh, I'm totally because... with you. Like even listening back this week to listen to it, there's the yeah, one exactly. where that first girl he talks to where she sh- he shuts shuts her down. You're like, uh-huh. wow, she sounded kind of stiff.
2: Yeah, and like especially the thing that really popped out to me the first time was the first uh, firefight that they get into uh, with Angel, Saul, and Michael get into as they're coming over the fence before they lock themselves in the vault. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like wow you sound like you're going to the library <laughs> there's nothing seemingly happening around you but there's all this gunfire and screaming and moaning and all this other stuff and it's like oh shoot that one that's coming over the fence and it was like it, it, like what greg said it was just really stiff like people were just starting to feel it out
0: yeah yeah and you compare that to like when they were escaping the colony you know which was totally. intense and
2: totally. awesome
1: yeah, it's they've learned, they've grown by leaps and bounds. I mean, I think Absolutely. getting used to that space, right? Getting used to that performing with other people for an audio thing is so much different. Even listening to them in the car, right? Like I was listening to the angel trying to talk over the engine of the Hummer today in in chapter one. And you're like, man, it does. For, it doesn't sound like angel because he's trying to do that far away voice, like you know what I mean? Like the Hummer's not in the room with him, so he's trying to make it up how it would be. and it's just like, right. ah! like Hell?
2: <laughs> and then you switched over to another character who you know, as obviously because we know they're recording at the same time, doing the same thing. But no one else is affecting their voice in the same way. Totally, it was like totally. Saul and Angel were doing it, but then Michael really wasn't, and then you know Pegs really wasn't. But Riley was doing it really hard, and it was like that sort of thing that was like, oh, the acting yeah. for me just started to bring it. And then obviously it just it's just gotten better and better and better and better as it goes on. And by chapter five, once everyone felt really really comfortable within themselves and the characters, it was like, now it's getting really good for me, and I really really like this.
0: Totally. It's funny when you know, you say it's grown leaps and bounds. The first chapter released in May of two thousand nine. That's crazy to me. I had no yeah. idea when Casey told me that for the first time.
1: You were like fifteen, Brittany.
0: I yeah, I was. I was, like, I was
2: still a zygote.
0: Okay, so you guys listened to chapter one all over again. Yes indeed. Let's talk a little bit a little bit about the journal. So when it first starts out, you know, I'm kinda of wondering when is he writing this? Because in the very beginning, he's saying that he never really intends for anyone to read it, and he also says, maybe if I go over it from the beginning, it might make more sense, and then, again, maybe not.
2: I feel as though the first entry that we hear as chapter one uh, happened before the war, which would then have to make it before the water station, because once the water station mission happened, uh, things sort of really quickly progressed into the party, and then the war, and all this other stuff. Um, But it seemed, because if he had no intention of people reading this, uh, since that point, that the journals are introduced he Michael specifically has this nasty habit of stealing and reading everyone else's journals (laughs) I know (laughs) like Pegs gives him hers and that's you know one thing but then like he makes Angel go break into Datu's room recently to go steal his journal to figure out what the hell happened with Lizzie so it feels like the point where he is talking about had to be in this little not have. I think it might be in this yeah. little window between the point where he made everyone start writing in the journals, and then and then at this point, and then at the point that he's reading it back and telling us the audience the story. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to pinpoint, but I feel like it might fall into that spot. And then every other time that we hear Michael is just uh, further on down the line, obviously, because it's all in hindsight. But that's I feel like that's when it might have started for him. And that's where he started telling us the story.
1: See, I've always thought it's one of two things. When I first started listening, I thought it was when basically he gives everybody the journal for the first time and they sit down to write. And like mm-hmm. that was just, you know, catching us up to that point and then we hear him from then on out. But then when we started doing the show and people started talking about it and now re listening to it and stuff, I think it could easily be that, you know, when we get like the, we already know Casey has an idea of where this is gonna go. We get to the point where he is the sole survivor, right? And like he's just like that's how there's a section where he sits down and writes it, and he, you know, no one's ever gonna read this because I'm not by myself now, and I'm the last human kind of thing.
2: Well, it's sort of like I Am Legend, in a in a way, like he's the last lone
0: human survivor.
1: Look for the butterflies, oh. Michael.
2: Yeah, totally.
0: I don't get it. Is that a reference to something?
1: Yeah, I remember in I Am Legend, the the butterfly from the girl is what he saw in the glass when like the zombie was smashing it. Yeah, and there was a the butterfly then on the girl. The girl he gave the blood to and put in the chimney. Yeah. What? I, I enjoyed I am Legend more than most people did.
0: <laughs> no, I liked it too, but I don't remember anything about a girl being stuffed in a chimney.
1: Well I went I think I, now see the problem is now that I've gone back and watched them all all the deleted the endings over and over again. I like, remember what what's the the real ending is he puts her her and the kid into uh-huh. the chimney chute, right? Or the coal chute. Oh I do. And then he gets remember. the grenade and blows up the thing.
0: Oh, uh, did you ever read the book? No,
1: I don't read Brittany, Come on. <laughs>
0: Forgot you're illiterate.
2: I definitely read the book. I read it on a train ride home someday.
0: You should read it, Greg. You should, yeah. you know.
1: Alright. Is good it in a comic you. yet? I like the comics. Oh, God. I think it might be, actually.
0: Okay, good. Uh, So let's talk about the zombies a little bit. Cool. So Michael, according to Michael, the first time he sees them, they're littered, they're already, you know, littered with scars, bruises, and their eyes are glazed over. Saul later says there's only about seven of them, but here's the thing is that they're in the middle of a packed freeway, but they only go to the guy honking. So you may, you think it'd be like, buffet of humans it's you know so are they only attracted to sound at that point you know why didn't they go after anybody else
2: that that's really different than what we understand now is that they Mm -hmm. go after smells more than sounds like they still obviously are attracted to sounds but the smell is the more important hunting tool for them Mm -hmm. so that's that always struck me as weird now that you look back on chapter one is that you know there, there are lots of people on on the highway and they walk right past Michael with their scarred and glazed over looks and they go to the honking guy and it's like wow that's different than what we know now is that they go after smells
1: but isn't I mean you, t- you said it yourself they're hunting you know what I mean so like mm-hmm. yeah. at the point in th- where we are now in the present part of the story there's humans are so scarce right that that resource is so scarce that now you would just go to the most immediate human I would think when everyone's there when there's a million you know canned food and humans <laughs> ready to go I think you go to the one that's the most immediate source of hey there he is there he is there he is yeah
0: mm-hmm. I also think the zombies that were, you know, that we saw in the first chapter have kind of like, I don't know if evolved is the correct word for it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, mutated or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's kind of like they're like, they're hunting, they're like perfected hunters now. It's, before I think, you know, they didn't really know what they were doing. I think this was something new. Oh, what do we do? We're like in the smorgasbord of this world where there's all these people. And now it's, you know, you have smart ones, you have ones fucking jumping across the city. Well, it's survival
1: of the fittest, right? Right. Like these these little ones pop up with these little unique characteristics where they can jump or they can talk, and they're the ones that survive, whereas ones that, yeah, would just listlessly walk around and, you know, try to find noises and sounds, they die because they never find anything.
0: Right. Now, do you think those those special ones were out, out wandering around at that point? Because, you know, Michael, they left the keys to the vault outside, and if there's any smart ones like Paul, you would think that, you know, they would know how to use the keys. Yeah. I wonder if they're still in, like, a viral testing tube at this point or something. I mean, I don't know.
1: Well, There's that roar, right? Like, there's, there's the there's roar. Yeah,
2: there's, roar, there's a roar that is unique. And I, I yeah, because at the point when I was doing my forum thread about the color, the tattooed and colored ones, and whatever, oh my, um, <laughs> that thread, I, mm. I went back and I listened to all the growls and howls from the zombies. And that the the ones early on in chapter one that you hear, like, uh, and one, at, one, and one, if, two, yeah, those two. <laughs> are unique and they're never heard again.
0: So do you think they were organized back then already? I mean, do you already think they had like this, whatever, if it was the one of the markings or whatever, calling them, organizing them at that point? Or do you think it was more like that it just kind of evolved? Because now we know how organized they really are. I mean, they have, like, a headquarters.
2: Hard to say. That one's hard to say because I think that there would be a, like, at the moment, there would be a gigantic pack mentality and then, like, the cream of the crop. You know, the same way that Michael takes control of the tower over Angel because he just has more experience or whatever and he just rises to the top. The same sort of thing probably happened with, you know, Ink, the one with markings, whatever you want to call him, where he just was able to take control of this gigantic horde of unorganized things and was able to organize them over at the arena and
0: mm-hmm. do whatever,
2: or in theory, over at the arena.
0: And Maybe I'm looking too much into this, like I normally do, but you know, when they're in the vault, it doesn't really say how much time elapses before they leave again.
2: Yeah. And they're
0: already like all gone at this point. And I mean, they're just like, sure, you know, as soon as they leave, they're attacked by like a group, but then they're just like cruising the streets in a Hummer, you know, looking for pat for survivors or whatever. And they say they don't really see any survivors there's like nothing out there now you would think that it would be like the streets would be total chaos still yeah yeah so where are they i mean are they just like lurking in buildings are they just feasting on people if you know maybe they're already at the arena maybe they're i don't know but you think that they would still just be like running rampant just a thought
2: i got nothing on that you got nothing nick no i got nothing you've stumped nick you stumped the voodoo Because the voodoo, honestly, half the time that I uh, write things on the forum, I sit there for like half an hour and I formulate and whatever, unless I'm arguing with like Wraith, at which point I just say Angel sucks and then he just gets all angry and it's hilarious.
0: Yeah, you guys have like a back and forth thing. I know. He's an Angel fanboy. He loves Angel. And
2: anyone that says anything mean about Angel, he immediately jumps on them. Mm -hmm. Except he doesn't do it with me so much because I use logic to my advantage as hard as I can. (laughs) And I pu- and that's all I try to do is I push people to try and make their arguments better. That's what I'm always trying to do on on the forum. I'm not trying to shoot people down, with a few exceptions here and there. <laughs> um, uh, but it, it's it's always trying to make people. It's always trying to make people argue for that. Like when I was I was having a fight with N J Hellfire about some certain things here and there, and uh, also with Funny Muffins about like who's the rat and all this other sort of stuff. And you mm. push them, and they push back, and that's great. Push back, everyone. Push back against me. It's fun. And we sidetracked. Sorry. Yeah. Moving no. on.
0: Shut up. No, we, that's what we do. Have you not listened to this podcast before? So let's talk about the characters. Freaking Angel, oh, my God. I forgot how much I could not stand that kid. I know, Sorry, right? Wraith. Isn't he a douche? Yeah, he's like, let's wait for the commander. He'll know what to do. Are you sure you don't want to wait five minutes for the commander and then his weapon jams? I came up with a sound thing. Why don't you check the elevators, Michael? Oh, my God.
2: And my unit. It's my unit. Not your unit, My unit. Ugh. The emphasis on my made me want to reach through, beaker, rip his throat out.
0: God, you know, Angel, yeah, he's starting to come around now. I think, you know, I can... You know, whatever. But starting it,
1: to come around. He's he's around.
2: He's around. Angel's awesome now. <laughs> Angel is a lot. Angel is certainly a lot better than he was. Maybe in the the beginning. The,
0: maybe the wound has reopened, and maybe I'm just being harsh. Maybe I need to listen to the most current chapters for my heart to fill up with love for him. Yeah, I, I don't see, know. don't re-listen
2: to Kalani and Angel. That'll yeah. make you feel better about <laughs> Angel's oh, existence. Oh yeah,
0: Kalani, that kid. Uh, <laughs> no, but seriously, I mean, in Angel's defense, you know, it was his idea to wear the uniform, and he figured the sound concept out. Yeah. But if they had listened to him to him, and waited for the commander, they would have been done for. Yeah, Freaking
2: this would be good. a very short story. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> We're alive for one chapter. What about you guys? Like your first impressions on Michael and Saul?
2: Saul, for me, was very interesting because it was just this sort of like, because Michael says he would be, he would outrank him already, so it's like, the guy's got a lot of potential, and he's really, really smart at what he does, but he has no ability to shut his frickin' mouth, and mm-hmm. that's what keeps holding him back, and that, to me, is a really cool character, is the person okay. that knows they should shut up, but they just can't help themselves, even within the structure of the military, where you know it's not going to get you anywhere, and he's just content to, to glide through, and that's sort of an interesting character, is the one that doesn't really care where he goes, he just goes there because he can
0: my Skype cut out, but I'm going to trust what you said. Totally, Greg. I totally agree with what you just said.
2: (laughs) I agree with what Greg just said. Thank you.
0: I cannot stand Pegs. Just throwing that out there. Yeah,
1: she's very, uh, she's uh, interestingly naive in this one, right? Like, she's super, she sounds ditzy almost.
2: The thing that always bothered me about Pegs in the beginning was she asked the same question seven different ways, but with using the exact same words, she just uses different emphasis to say, but really, there's no one there? But there's no one there? Really there's no one there? <laughs> yeah, I kinda answered that like the first six times, and if you say it again, there's a gun in the car and I know you don't want to shoot it, but I kinda do.
0: So some random tidbits that I picked up. If you guys picked up anything, let me know. Um Saul said that the commander was standing in formation, like almost yes. in formation when they first left the vault. I thought that was interesting. That was like the first that I can recall, you know, reference to a zombie that might have like
1: smart, smartened up a bit. Smart. Still remember something
0: still hold on to parts of his humanity yeah one of
2: one of the things that has always bothered me about the beginning chapters was where saul grew up because it was like he was he went into the mountain division which i understand is you know not in california but then the way that michael said that he like, he said the california girls were calling to him as if he had never been there before it's not like calling him back or anything like that and that now that we've met Tanya we know that they are, are both originally from california she just moved down south and all that other sort of stuff it was it just it always was like oh really he's from california he's not from like somewhere else and he just like happened to come here and then as soon as he started mentioning his mother it was like oh obviously you know she he is actually from california because you don't drop that tidbit of knowledge without expecting to see the mother eventually
0: i don't think it was ever it was ever confirmed that he did not grow up there
2: but no, I see
0: it what you're saying. Never, it, was, yeah. it was definitely
2: implied. It was it was one of the things I was confused about until, especially, like, around Chapter 5, uh, whenever he mentioned his mom, and that was, like, the cliffhanger. It was like, I'm sure she's okay. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, and, yeah, okay, I get it.
1: It was a great look back, Brittany. I, I enjoyed Chapter 1 quite a bit. It was interesting to, you know, I haven't, it's one of those things, you know, you build it up in your head so much from when you first remember it, and now to go back and listen to it after so many hours of, you know, War Alive, it was amazing to hear how, how far it's come.
0: Totalmente. So, I can't believe I just said that. B.V. Glee has something he wants us to discuss. He says, what I would like you to discuss is how the plague goes from minor outbreak to great panic to L.A. white zone in just one chapter. No CDC statement, no organized response, nothing. One moment Mike is about to flunk a quiz, and the next he's locked up in the armory with a horde of pounding at the door. Wow. So I mean this makes sense for an audio drama. Obviously, you know it has to speed up, parts have to be cut out, but do you think it almost went too fast realistically? I, mean, I think
2: for any sort of drama that that sort of thing makes sense because th- there's something I want to say it's the seven step story structure where you start off in like the ordinary world and then some, like big catalyst happens, and you go through, uh, like the main uh, a gate as is, is what it's called in like script writing, and you're suddenly transported into this extra extraordinary world, and things are just completely different. And that way, especially that the description that Michael gives when they first leave the vault, I think is one of the coolest descriptions in the entire show. Is that you nothing is looks different, but the world feels different. And that is a really cool key is that, you know, he, they realize they're not in this ordinary world that they've understood before and all the rules have changed. So I think, yes, it, it went fast, but I think that it served the story well to do it was that, because if it went any slower, there would have been time to sort of recognize and understand what was happening as opposed to, nope, here you go, I'm dropping you in the middle of this now zombie apocalypse world, go have fun. And, and it wasn't it like
1: it wasn't like the first reports of it in their world were, oh, my God, look over there. Like zombies are coming out of this lab. It was this explosion which signaled, OK, it's close to us where they then go check the TV where it's like, hey, look at this. This is happening right now. It's not far away. And then, you know, the phone call for an army person. Like it all. I thought it all made sense. I thought it was an easy flow.
2: Yeah. And not to mention to, in, to have enough time to mobilize a news crew to get out to there. Plus, there's already explosions happening. So something is already, you know shit's already going down by the time that Michael gets to the TV and sees that it's happening. So it could have been going on for, you know, half hour, 45 minutes to an hour before the news crew even gets there to go live. So that's an hour and a half now that whatever is happening has been happening or longer.
0: Cool. Well, you know what? I think... That will wrap this short but sweet podcast up. Nick and or Greg, you guys have anything else you want to add? I
2: just want to throw another bomb towards Wraith just because it's funny. Okay. And I'm going to enjoy this, and he's going to hate me come Friday when this is released. Um, Cindy was totally cheating on Angel with Mr. Lort. That's why he was in the apartment. And that might that might be become become my gimmick now whenever I come on the show. I'm not going to do like the voodoo things or like bring asteroids towards the Earth or uh, global warming. I'm just going to throw bombs at Wraith every time I come on just to piss him off
0: poor Wraith we'll have to have him on you guys can have a debate about Angel and Michael that will be a good one
2: that will be boring as hell
0: oh <laughs> never mind then I'm joking
2: I'm joking and I'm not probably I'm probably not going to do that to Wraith because <laughs> I'm on
1: probably not going to do that to him
0: so I guess it would be a good time to talk about Nick Voodoo's role on We're Not Dead Greg I haven't told you about this yet
1: what
0: yeah so as we know Nick Voodoo runs a very awesome uh, Nick Voodoo the Voodoo Lounge we already talked about that hoorah Yeah, and he has awesome points, and you know, he sparks a lot of discussion on the forum. So, every third episode of a chapter, he will be joining us. And, well, you know what I mean, like the podcast that recaps the third episode of the chapter. He'll join us and he will be talking about his predictions for the following chapter.
2: Yeehaw! I'm glad to do it.
0: And, you know, we are so glad to have you do it. And that will wrap up our Chapter 1 Recap Extravaganza. Again, please make sure you watch and or attend, if possible, the live reading on this Saturday at Meltdown Comics in L.A., uh, I will be tweeting a lot. I know Greg will be too. So you can follow us on Twitter, brits 5091 or at GameOverGreggy. And of course, follow We're Live. Um, I think that's about it. So for Greg, for Nick, and for myself, thank you for listening, and we're out.